So, Leafs Nation, what do you want to talk about? Seems like there's something big that's about to go down tomorrow, but everybody knew about it probably for the past couple of days, at least the last 48 hours. What's going on? This is Offside Hockey Talk. We're proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Check out their puck off Lagerdale. It's the big beer for the big podcast. And you may notice a unfamiliar face among us. And that is the man right there, the man with the plan, Potty James. Hopefully I'm not butchering that. No, no, you got it. You, you nailed it. I've, I've been called way worse. How, how's it going, boys? Nice to meet you, Audie. How you yeah. doing today? Hey, you know what? I'm great. Um, I guess first and foremost, I should probably, like you guys get a lot of Leafs listeners, obviously. Um, yep. I should first and foremost thank whoever's watching, whoever's listening for accepting me in uh in this brief playoff run uh as a as an honorary member of Leafs Nation it was uh it was a short but sweet stay and uh yeah i, I think without getting into too much i know we we've got a lot on the plate today um you know this relationship between between flames and leafs fans is only uh it's only just starting to heat up if uh, if i could use a terrible pun uh to describe that one but yeah it's uh it's going to be fun i'm i'm looking forward to it fellas yeah, the the takes they're absolutely a flying. Uh, before we jump into uh, talking about trilling and the Leafs and the Flames and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. let's get a little background on you. Let's... You're on a little show right now. Um, what is that called? How did you get into it? Yeah. And, uh, what do you like doing behind the mic? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the show that I'm on is uh, it's part of SDPN Sports. It's called Game Over Calgary. It's a Calgary Flames post game show live on the SDPN Sports YouTube channel. So um, myself and uh, former Sportsnet 960 uh, radio host and an all around good guy Peter Klein, we co host the uh, the the Calgary show. But yeah, it's uh, it's just a post game show where we uh, we talk about everything that happened in the game and. You know, lots of cool guests come on and we get the privilege to talk to some pretty cool people from other markets as well. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good. And and how I got into it is uh, it's kind of funny. My start in uh, in this crazy sports media world started in uh, in just making YouTube videos. I, I was a small hockey YouTuber for uh, the better part of five years, just putting out content that uh, I like talking about and people evidently like to listen to. So. It was kind of a, a, a perfect mar- marriage there in the sense that uh, I was able to talk about things and, and, and voice my opinion, which uh, you'll, you'll come to realize I like to do. Uh, if, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that it's, uh, it's, oh, an, all too, it's an all too common theme on my Twitter, uh, my Twitter page. But uh, yeah, just got into making videos and um, you know had some opportunities at other networks and other places and... Um, it just so happened that when uh, SDPN Sports started taking off, uh, Andrew Berkshire, who uh, runs all of our Game Over uh, stuff, and he does Game Over Montreal as well, he uh, he posted a, a posting for uh, you know hiring some hosts for Calgary and for Edmonton and Toronto for the for the uh, playoff run last year. And so I thought, you know what, why not just put my name in the hat, kind of see what happens. It's probably a long shot. Lots of people apply to these things, especially in Toronto, given the history with, uh, yeah. with Steve, Adam and the boys and, and Jesse and the boys there. Um, but yeah, so I just threw my name in the hats and one thing kind of led to the other. I got a phone or a, a, a zoom invite on my lunch break. One of these one day and there's Andrew and Jesse and, and Adam grilling me about, you know, what, why, why I should be the co-host of game over Calgary. That's so cool. 
Yeah, and then uh, and then um, yeah, it was pretty bizarre. Like they talked about it on the SDP after they announced uh, all the all the hosts, uh, and they're like, "Yeah, and Audi was you know he was in his car on his lunch break at work." I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of kind of exactly how the story went." And then yeah, exactly to make a long story short, one thing led to the other, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been blessed to be doing this for two seasons now, and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've really yes. enjoyed it. That's wicked. What uh, platforms can we watch you on? Is that on YouTube? Is it Twitch? That I mean, it's through Game Over. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's called. It's on the SDPN Sports YouTube channel. Uh, right. They go go um, uh, live just within five to ten minutes after the final final whistle goes or final buzzer goes. Um, but yeah, so far right now, it's just on YouTube for the live portion of it. But then immediately once we finish the show, we upload it as a podcast for people going in on their commute the next morning who want a quick game recap or whatever the case may be so uh yeah on your every podcast catcher you could or pod platform um you could find and and live on youtube go make sure you check out audi uh, i know clark monroe is a big fan of yours so he wanted to make sure he said hi to you tonight i know he's lurking right now uh he's working behind the screens he says you're noted Leafs fan. Can you explain what that means? Like you were a Leafs fan during this playoff run. Is that is that what we're understanding here? Yeah, I don't want to give out my How full secret as to as to why why I did it. Um, actually, I will. lost the bet. No, I I was oh, just yeah. trying. Like I I just always I always think of different ways to like engage fan bases and 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 you know do things like that. And one of the things I thought of was. Well, the Flames aren't in it this year. Let's let's see, you know, let's find a popular team to hop on the bandwagon. And obviously, given the uh, the hand that feeds at SDPN Sports, I figured it was uh, it was pretty safe to jump on the Leafs bandwagon. Um, first of all, it was fun to actually have a team to kind of follow in the playoffs, even though you've got no, you know, you got no horse in the race. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to like be a part of that and 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 get uh, you know engage with as many Leafs fans as as uh, as I was able to. Um, but yeah, it, it was mostly just like a, Hey, how can I get more eyes on the show and, and kind of like promote that by also, you know, engaging in some fun with another, another fan base. And honestly, man, it was a lot of fun. Like it was, it was super cool to, uh, to be an honorary Leafs fan for, uh, for a few weeks there. So that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it. Hey, we absolutely loved having you along with Leafs nation. Um, I remember seeing your tweet about it and, I think me and Clark and a few others jumped on it to welcome you with open arms. Yeah, yeah. I wish you went a little longer. Yeah, but me too. Was fun. You got to experience the second round with us and see some of the elation of us uh, Leaf fans who've been waiting since the early 2000s to see that second round. Um, but why we got you here today? Yeah, because of the jerseys behind you, your knowledge of the Flames. Obviously, a fan knows what goes on there. I want to get your instant gut check reaction to Brad Living being named a general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And why do some Leafs fans have it wrong right now that this is a bad move? I've got my own takes, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, it's honestly like, first of all, what you're getting in Brad outside of, uh, you know, everyday hockey op stuff is just a genuinely great guy. Um just a, like you talk to anybody who worked for Brad here in Calgary and they echo the same sentiment that he's just a genuine, genuinely fantastic person to work with, to work for 
to be around. He just elates such such great uh, a great vibe and aura. Um, just a good, super humble, down to earth guy. And I've had the privilege to talk to him a couple times, and he's always been great. He's he's just a fantastic dude. Um, what you're getting as the GM is a guy who is pretty great with RFA negotiations, knows his players, uh, good at building those relationships and, 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 you know, um, getting those RFAs signed, I guess is the, the, the meat and potatoes of it. Um, an excellent drafter. I think his drafting is kind of underrated and, or, or overlooked, um, by a lot of people. I think he's, he's really good at finding gems in later rounds and that's, you know, maybe a testament to Calgary's scouting as well. Let's pause there for just one second. Yeah. One thing I want to drill down on is that there, the scouting and the player development. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot floating around lately, and there's been some prominent names around the Flames who cover the Flames who said that maybe he didn't get the resources or have the tools in his toolbox to be able to not only build the department he wanted, but get the staff and the people that he wanted to take that to the next level. Now in mm-hmm. Toronto, he'll have that. Yep. But yep. is there any credence, do you think, to that? Or yep. is that just people blowing smoke right now? No, I think that's factual. I think I think maybe it's uh, a little overblown in the sense that, like, I think he had what he needed with what he was given. Follow yep. follow along with me as best you can with that, <laughs> with, with that statement. Um, yep. But given, you know, obviously a much smaller market, budgets are, are different here than they are in Toronto. Obviously, uh, they, there's a lot more money to spend um, back in the motherland. But um, I'm from Ontario, so it's it's. Uh, I'm from Ontario yeah. too, even though I live in. I'm gonna have to know why you're a Flames fan at some point. I'll I'll get into it. I'll get yeah, into for it. sure. It's 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 a, it's a funny story. Um, but yeah, to back to that, like he and I think I think in Calgary he he did have, um, you know, obviously Chris Snow uh, was, was big on uh, helping with that, and 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 Brad Pascal, and obviously our, our new GM Craig Conroy. Uh, they they did have the resources and they had good scouts and they had a good scouting process and maybe that's why he was able to find gems in later rounds. Guys like uh, look at Dustin Wolf, who's taken the AHL by storm. He should be you know between the pipes and any yes. on any NHL roster at some point, right? Um, seventh round pick, right? Look at guys like Rasmus Anderson and and Andrew Mangiapane, uh taken in the fourth round i believe right just just good picks in later rounds and, and that's something the flames uh have been notorious for um they know where they're going to get their guys they'll they'll take advantage of um you know if a guy's going to fall at 67 and they have 64 they're yep. going to trade down to 67 and get another asset um on top of the guy that they want like tr- brad is a very very smart guy and Recency bias will tell you to go look at what happened with Matthew Kachuk. Go look at what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. A lot of people throwing Sam Bennett's name out here, and and that's fair given, again, recency bias. He's in the Stanley Cup final with Matthew Kachuk. Um, But unless you're in this market and you're following along as closely as a lot of people here are, I, 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 I just have a problem with some of the people who are spewing this information that they think is correct. Yep. Regarding Gaudreau, regarding Kachuk, regarding by some, by some, I don't know how Sam Bennett is getting thrown in this conversation as well. Um, I'll take you back to the whole Sam Bennett thing. Was not a very good Calgary Flame. Uh, was their highest draft pick in franchise history. 
and you know just didn't end up panning out cried cried the blues that he wasn't given the opportunity when he was given the opportunity just didn't run with it um so a change of scenery was needed that was bound to happen and brad did what he could there i can't i think he got like a fifth round pick from florida for him so that's whatever water under the bridge um Johnny Gaudreau, let's let's clear some. If if I may, can I clear some air? On... Oh, you go right ahead and clear the air. Right. Like I said in my video today too, if you have a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, I compared to Austin Matthews. Yeah, are you just gonna trade that player away, or are you gonna take an extra year of that player and try to sign him? I yeah, think that's what you're gonna try to take the run at. Well, and 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 the Flames were in a bit of a pickle with Gaudreau, and and look, maybe there's some partial blame to be thrown in Brad's way with them not being able to lock him up before his, the last year of his deal, which it's very few and far between that a pending UFA is going to sign in that final year. Anyways, they usually take the bet on yourself route. Yep. Um, and Goudreau, he was pretty transparent that they weren't going to engage in contract negotiations during the season, which is fine. And thank God they didn't because he had a hell of a season. Uh, yep. The flames were favorites to win the cup, obviously didn't pan out with that second round exit to the Oilers. Um, but the Gaudreau thing was was interesting. Um, media here were screaming that he was going to go back east and, and, and try to go closer to home, go into, get to the Eastern Conference, somewhere closer to, to home uh, yep. for years leading up to his, his, uh, his final year here in Calgary. And let me pose the question to you guys. You guys remember the year the Flames had that year. Two years ago, we're only two. We're only one full actual season removed from that year. Johnny Gaudreau was putting up monster numbers, uh, the best line in hockey with Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm next to maybe the perfection line in Boston. I know that stings, Leaf fans. I'm sorry, um, but the perfection line in Boston was probably the closest, the next closest line uh, in comparison. Do you trade that guy at the deadline? Like, does that make sense to you to try to recoup an asset when? you're on a playoff push and this guy's having the best year of his career. Not at all. No, it doesn't make sense. Or... Right. You, you, you keep that guy, you go on that run and you try to take a run at him in the off season and try to throw the bag at him. Um, and obviously that's the route the flames took. Uh, a lot of people are blaming Brad for him not coming back. If you followed the story closely, it was up until like it was literally like half an hour before he became, I'm, I'm being maybe a little bit dramatic with the numbers there, but it was to the nth hour of. Yeah, right up to the last opened. minute. Literally he, the, the story goes, he was ready to sign with the flames and went for a drive with his wife, Meredith. And, 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 and I will not stand for any slander towards his wife for maybe influencing his decision. Um, that's a family thing through Absolutely. and through where you're going to spend the next seven years of your life and, and raise your young family. I will not stand for Meredith Goudreau slander whatsoever. So if anybody's going to come at me with that, they can just zip it. Um, but uh, the story goes, he went for a, a drive with Meredith and came back and had to tell the flames that, you know, he was going to test free agency. And that's when, uh, you know, we heard some teams like Philly possibly in the mix and then Columbus sweeps in. And um, that's where he ends up. So he, to say that Brad didn't try to bring it back to true living, to say that Brad didn't try. If you, I urge anybody who's listening or watching to this, watching this right now, if you don't think this ate Brad true living up, go watch his press conference. The day of the day free agency opened 
Go watch the the look of defeat on his face. Uh, he looked like he was going to cry. Like he legit, it looked like someone had run over his dog to, to put it morbidly, but it looked like the sky had completely fallen and his world was crumbling. He tried his damnedest to bring Johnny Gaudreau back. And you know, you're not always like sometimes when a guy's got his mind made up, it's not, there's nothing you could do to, to influence him to come the other way. If he wanted to go back East and, and get a little bit closer to home, he was going to do it. He didn't end up going all the way home. And, you know, maybe if he did go to the devils, there would be a different fate for them in this playoffs. That was a good team this year. Ooh, yeah. You put, you put Gaudreau in the mix and that's an even better team. It'd be scary. Be very scary. scary. You put Gaudreau in that mix. Do they get Timo Meyer? Right. Ah, who knows? Probably not. Right. But, so but, but, but what, what difference did Timo Meyer really make? In New not much of a difference. Right. Like maybe not on the score play. sheet, but teams still got a game plan for That's the guy right. named Timo Meyer. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. But to bring it back to Brad, he did everything he could with Goudreau. Kachuk with it. And, and then if, as if Flames fans couldn't get enough uh, heartbreak, Kachuk informs him that he doesn't want to sign uh, his qualifying offer. And, you know, the question is, do you enter a rebuild with, with trading arguably your best asset that left on your, uh, on your team? Um, or do you try to stay competitive? And, and that's never been the Calgary Flames way to enter a rebuild. Ownership has their toes in on everything. Um, maintaining competitive and, and, and trying to get playoff revenue is the name of the game if you are Murray Edwards and the, and the ownership group of the Calgary Flames. So he was very much influenced by a lot of things to try to take the stay competitive route, which is why you see the Mackenzie Weger, uh, Cole Schwint, Jonathan Huberto in a first uh, for Matthew Kachuk in a sign and trade deal. So I, I, I urge Leaf fans who are maybe a little bit on the fence and maybe a little bit skeptical still to just do a little bit of digging. Go read articles from guys like Wes Gilbertson, uh, here in Calgary, or you know, even recently, you know, um, Julian McKenzie did a really good piece, fellow SDPN guy, uh, about that trade. And just, I just urge you to do a little bit of digging and 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 listen to what this market was reporting during that time, because you'll get a way better and more clear understanding as to why Brad had to do the things he had to do and how he made the best out of a completely, you know crappy situation mm. Audie, um yeah got a, kind of a great comment from the uh from our comment section on youtube here yeah his coaching hires he's had some interesting ones like bill peters and daryl Sutter. what's your opinion on his coaching hires yeah so that whole bill peters situation that was prior to everything coming out was a i thought was a pretty good hiring um i didn't think he was a bad coach and Quite frankly, if he was a better human being, I think he would have lasted a little bit longer behind the bench in Calgary. But the fact of the matter is, he he's not. Um, that's a tough situation to be in as the guy who hires him. Um, and obviously, he uh, he did the right thing by getting rid of him, and 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 that was you know was what it was. But coming into that, I mean, I I can't really blame Brad for not knowing that that was something that he had done in his past. I'm very thankful that. Akeem Alou spoke out about that and, and yep. we got a better picture of, of who Bill Peters is and, and the kind of person that he is. Um, pretty solid coach. He did well in Calgary and, and the guys seemed to like him. He, that was a, you know, the Flames had an okay year that year. Um, 
but yeah, that that's a that's a tough one. And and you know, hindsight is what it is. You look back at it, you probably don't hire that guy knowing what you know now. I mean, I hope to God you don't hire that guy knowing what you know now. That's um, it right there. And but you never know with this lovely sport that we watch and follow. And oh, I mean, on. everybody, everybody opining to get back Stan Bowman and and Quinville as well. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry to say, I, I'm glad that the Leafs were uh, not holding out for those two gentlemen. So absolutely, that's one thing I'm very very thankful for. I want to get back into the coaching stuff for just a moment yeah. before we get too far away from the Tuchuk trade. Yep. I want to say when your back is against a wall and you're able to pull that kind of trade off, pull in a hundred plus point guy, pull in a defenseman like Mackenzie Weger, get a prospect, get a first round pick, and then get the extensions done with those guys who are now with your team because the initial trepidation from Flames fans was, mm -hmm. oh my God, you traded for these guys and they're free agents in a year. So we're going to lose them too, but they got locked in. Now, one thing we all know, some players and some coaches are like oil and water, and we're talking about coaching now. Sutter and Huberto, it reminds me a lot of what Babcock tried to make the Leafs and put a lot of the offensive guys kind of to sleep. Yep. And it really doesn't help guys like Huberto or Kadri or Mangiapane. I, I might mess his name up, the bread man. Um, but you get these guys done you know, to get offensive going. And Sutter's mm -hmm. more of a physical, grind it out, I want to win by a goal, this is how you play in the playoffs kind of stuff. And it doesn't translate for some players. And I think whoever, Conroy, I don't know if they've named a coach yet, I'm not sure. Not yet, no. But They're still hunting. I think a coach like Boudreaux might get the most offense out of these guys and allow them a breath of fresh air to get them rolling. And I think that would help a guy like Huberto. Mm -hmm. And you might see a rebound to form instead of trying to jam that square peg into a round hole and really, you know, not help his game. Yeah. What do you what do you do with players like that? You really have to allow them to be able to play up to their talents and put them in positions to succeed, not try to drill them into something different five to ten years into their NHL career when they've already done it one way and been really successful. It's like saying Austin Matthews, hey, you're playing defense now. No more offense. Just pure D. You're on the third line. You're a checking line center. Don't score goals. It won't yeah. work. No, he it never – and historically it never does. And you look at a guy like Huberto who has a couple outlier years. Uh, if you take away the outlier years, his defensive – his defensive um, – his defensive like analysis or what am I trying to say? Metrics. Metrics. That's there the word. Go. We got it's it. So got far, it. it's been so long that I've been talking about hockey. I'm just like losing everything. Um, but his defensive metrics are pretty steady. Like they're pretty even, Stephen. Like you know what you're getting defensively from a guy like Jonathan Huberto, and it's not a really defensive player, and that's fine. Not every player has to be no. uh, a Patrice Bergeron or you know an Elias Lindholm who's who's really improved his two way game uh, under Sutter. But you know, it's a great point you bring up about how. Um, some systems don't work. Daryl is a very system-driven person. He had his system, and that was his system, and that was that no matter what. He had his guys who thrived in his system. Yep. You know, I think Johnny Gaudreau turned into a pretty good 200-foot player under Daryl Sutter. I think um, Matthew Gachuk was a pretty good player under Daryl Sutter. Um, Jonathan Huberto is not Matthew Gachuk, and he's also not Johnny Gaudreau. So he's not yeah. going to thrive per se, until you see it, which we saw, and it wasn't very friggin' good. Um, no. and, he, and also to, to talk about Sutter just a little bit too, to, yeah. to hype it up 
on the fact he doesn't really do players favors either. No, not like a when you're talking about that rookie throughout the year, he had to pull out the sheet and he's like, Oh, who is that? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he can play 12 minutes. The highest then- sought after prospect in the system for Calgary yeah. in his first NHL game. And that's the stunt you pull. With yeah, the media. It, but I mean, that goes around the room and then guys oh, he, start he doing lost this at his volume level right there. He lost the room. He, he completely lost the room. Um, Craig Conroy said things like, you know, in exit interviews, they got a very clear understanding as to, or sorry, um, Don Maloney before they, before they named Conroy uh, GM uh, was like, you know, we got a very clear picture here in our exit interviews as to what we need to do here. Um, And if it's any indication, Murray Edwards was the reason that Daryl Sutter came back. It was, uh, you know, he's, he's pals, they're, they're buddies and, Um, you know, Daryl has a pretty rich history with this organization as a GM and as a coach. Um, Let me blatantly ask you this question. Yeah. I want to, I want a straight up answer. Oh, I'll always give it to you. If they fired Sutter throughout the season, if that was allowed to happen, would the Leafs even be having Brad Treliving as a GM right now? No. I think he'd still be in Calgary. He would be in Calgary. There was such a separation between the coach and the general manager um, to the point where, you know, Brad would call up a guy like Jacob Peltier, or I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with a guy by the name of Matthew Phillips, who just so happened to lead the AHL in scoring for two straight seasons. I know the and, name. And played, uh, got called up at the same time as Peltier played in one game. And I think he, I think he logged seven minutes, seven between seven and nine minutes. He logged uh, on the fourth line with a guy, Milan Lucic and one of Trevor Lewis, Brett Ritchie, any one of those four guys that Daryl, one of Daryl's guys, yep. um, didn't do him any favors. So, uh, yeah, it, there was such a separation there. And, you know, it was time to get things back on track. He made comments to the media about earlier in the year when Huberto uh, left the like he, he left the game and went down the tunnel and didn't come back. Uh, went to the media and said, and his direct quote was, Oh, I think he was taking a shit when he was on the table getting work done because he had hurt himself and he'd been playing hurt. So he was on the table getting treatment and. Oh, lost you there. One second. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Okay. Sorry. I hit my mic cord uh, by mistake there, but yeah, to, to that's how you're going to talk about your guys to the media. Like, like your big, acquisition you're stars huberto your yeah. stars it's it, it's it was it's downright disrespectful and and speaking to some of the guys uh who are in the room some of the some of the media guys um it was it was a very clear uh lapse i guess or, or, or uh, um between uh, a separation i guess you could say between players to coach and coach to gm and the common denominator um was uh i can see conrad's comment there audi and what did he say <laughs> i love uh, conrad's oh, name, i like this use name a more iconic duo. it's it's funny if he, and and conrad a very he's a good friend of mine but very loyal uh game over calgary viewer there's uh there's been a couple times when i've knocked the old mic off and it's uh it's been a problem so but anyways <laughs> uh besides my complete and utter incompetence 
a lot of the things that Brad is being blamed for are Daryl Sutter problems and people outside of the market just don't see it because they're obviously not as connected, which is fine. I, I, I did not follow the Leafs as closely as you guys have. And, you know, it's, it's fair that some people don't follow the flames as closely as, you know, they, they might see that's, that's why I had the opinion that I had today when I made my video and it's watching people be so upset about this hire. And I'm like, did you even pay attention to what happened? Or are you just saying, He's gone because he messed up the trade, and that's what you think. Yeah. Because that's not the disconnect. That's not the problem here. There was way more than that. And I really think, and what I said, I believe it to be true, that next season the Calgary Flames are going to have a hell of a year, and the flowers are going to be paid to Brad for a living, much like to Chuck did when he said about going to the finals, to the Stanley Cup finals. In his interview Mm -hmm. on the ice, he said, I want to thank Brad for a living for what he did for me and gave him his flowers and shouted him out on national TV. Didn't need to do that, but he did it anyways to show what kind of a guy Brad for living was because he probably knew all of the bleep he was taking. Who, who do you know who he didn't think? Well, I wonder Sutter. A lot of the reasons why people didn't want to stay in Calgary had to do with the guy behind the bench and, and, and the team's reluctancy to, Get rid of him, and that had everything to do with ownership. Murray Edwards is as very involved as as much as he's gone away and living in his his Swiss lodge, whatever wherever the heck he lives now. I, I, he's not in not in this country. Um, he's very involved with stuff like that, and things like that have to like firing him have to go through, or firing coaches like Sutter has to go through him, and that's the reason why they get boys. A lot of people don't remember this, but if you go back to October, the Calgary Flames gave Daryl Sutter an extension. Mm-hmm. He's going to be paid for three more seasons by the Calgary Flames. Brutal. That's probably that's about. I think it was reported it's about five million. So he's going to make fifteen schmilly to sit on his rear end and farm in Viking, Alberta, um, for the next three years because he's See, not going to go coach. And you know else. what? And there's another thing right there. A lot of people think that it was him who re-upped Sutter, right? Because he's a general manager. It's his coach. And it's not. Again, it goes back to the people that were the problem, Murray Edwards and his buddy, Mr. Sutter. So people don't, but if you're not in the market. No, and that's exactly. That's, and that's, and that's why I don't want to poo-poo on too many people for not knowing because it's just misinformation. It's just not, not, um, not being here and not maybe being as involved with, the stuff that you've you've heard, like everybody saw when Gaudreau left, everybody saw the Kachuk trade, but nobody really saw everything that led up to it, right? Uh, unless yeah, you're like, in Calgary. That's why I like being, you know, kind of like a consumer of hockey. Yeah, every day, like just listening. And one, and I'll shout them out: a really good podcast to listen to that drills down on a lot of things is the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. Oh yeah, and they really get down to the thoughts. Not to mention, you know. Game Over Flames. It's another one you should go listen to all the time, too. But this man right here, shout out Audie James for jumping on the show if you're just tuning in. Um, but I look at Brad for a living, and now he's mm-hmm. coming to the Leafs. Now the dichotomy is the same. You still have Brandon Shanahan. You still have Larry Tannenbaum. You still have a board. But from what I understand so far, and we'll get more into it tomorrow at around 11 a.m. Eastern when they introduce him as the general manager to the media. But I think... Given his savvy with Calgary, 
I think he'll be able not only to handle the media, but to handle Shanahan and mm-hmm. the board. And I'm sure those conversations were had, much like Kyle Dubas did, about being able to streamline information and make calls on the fly, yeah. which is something that Kyle Dubas wanted. They said no. He said, well, then give me more money to put up with that crap because it sucks that I got to go through seven people to make a deal. Trilliving went through the same thing. He's very familiar with it. He's very familiar with it. But I do think he wouldn't walk into another situation like that no. without having some clear cut in writing, not just handshake stuff, in writing guidelines of what he can and cannot do. And I'm sure if you're moving an Austin Matthews or a Mitch Marner, that runs through everyone because those are needle movers for the organization, not just on the ice, but off the ice with sponsorships and everything else. I get that. But when it comes to normal moves, I think he would say, hey, I want the autonomy to make these moves. I lived with this in Calgary for nine years. I'm not bleeping repeating it again. So if you can't give me that, and that probably was why it hasn't been announced until tomorrow that he's actually going to be fully the GM. I know it was announced today, but press conference-wise and stuff, yeah, yeah. I think he was stressing what he wanted. This is what I need. If you cannot give me this, I will not be your GM. I'm not going to be a lame duck guy that just says, yes, Brendan. We're okay with that, Brendan. We'll keep it moving, Brendan. No, that's not what he wants. He wants to build a winner here. His dad is damn excited. It's fun to watch. Um, I want to ask you this. He's coming in. Do you think he keeps Sheldon Keefe? Because what I'm feeling is Sheldon Keefe may be sticking around here. He's not a bad coach. Mm-hmm. Given what every and I know I'm about to get flame for that. No pun intended for the Flames guy. But <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like what Sheldon Keefe brings to the table. But he is one of the most winningest coaches at his age in Maple Leaf history and league history. So obviously he figures some things out, but there's more than he needs to do. And but respected he, by the guys too, right? He is. He's respected. He hasn't lost that room. Yeah. You know, you can you can see that those guys want to win for him. And you can see the emotion on the bench when they won that first round. Even he was jumping up and down like a kid on Christmas to get that win, to get that finally a series under our belt. But he comes in now, Brad Living's the GM. We're going to find out what happens. So do you think he keeps Keefe or does Trilliving bring in his own brand of guys? And if so, who would you think is a Trilliving guy outside of Sheldon Keefe? Mm-hmm. Good questions. Very loaded questions. Um, yeah, you, you, you put me under the under the microscope here. Look, I, I think I think Sheldon Keefe at, le- at a minimum starts the year with the Leafs. Um I think that Brad's priority right now is going to shift to the draft and, and probably focus on, you know, that guy who wears 34 um, and, uh, you know, making him stick around long-term or what the plan is there. I think that there's other things in the pecking order for Bradshaw living than coming in and immediately cleaning house um, and getting a new coaching staff. That said, not many GMs, um, and I put this out on Twitter too. Not many GMs inherit the previous GM's coach. It's it's usually a hey, you're our guy now. Um, lead us to the promised land and bring in you know your Bradshaw living guys. We saw it most recently in Vancouver. Um, the uh, the the changing of the guard there, yep. um, and how uh, Bruce you know Boudreaux was was the guy. 
And, uh, you know, that was the previous GM's hire and the previous GM uh, is obviously not there anymore. So they, they started out with Boudreaux and then they, you know, they kind of give him the boot, which was completely. That was the worst handled situation outside of the Sutter situation last year for the Flames. That was ridiculous. The way they treated him. Horrible. My God, man! He he knew it was coming. Yeah, it was, the way that the, the way that they handled that was just piss poor. Um, but there's your example, right? A, yeah. a, a, a new GM comes in, uh, doesn't keep the previous regime, and uh, and they and they move from there. Um, like I said, though, I think the way it's going to go is 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 Sheldon and and Co are going to, um, they're going to be the ones that started out, and if things go well, maybe. He sticks around. Maybe he develops a bit of a relationship with Tree, and and uh, you know things are good. Or if things go sideways, it's an easy, you know, Brad doesn't owe it to this guy. It's not his guy, anyways. Um, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm gonna go find my guy. So um, that kind of answers the first part of your question. The second part of your question: Who is a Brad True Living guy? Um, honestly, I I think that. I think that Sheldon Keefe could be yeah. a tree living guy, which is yeah. why I don't think that it's it's going to be as bad um, as Leaf fans think. I truly think Sheldon could be a Brad guy. Um, but again, like I said, it's an easy cop out if things don't go well. well. Here's a, here's an easy way for for uh, Brad Tree Living to to go into this. So we've seen it with guys like Mike Yo and others who join a bench as maybe the heir apparent to the guy who's currently coaching. You know, there's always that thing, hey, maybe if someone's nipping at your heels, it brings the best out of you. Right. So maybe Trillivan goes and finds someone that he likes because we know Spencer Carberry just left to be the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Tip of the cap to him. Hey, go get your money. Uh, But maybe you bring in someone to go on that bench. That is a Brad Trillivan guy. And Mm -hmm. have him there just underneath Sheldon Keith with a little bit of – Hey, if things don't go well, this might be our guy. Kind of what happened with Babcock and Keith, where everybody kind of knew when Dubas took over, Keith was coming up eventually. So what I what I wonder, and this is just kind of me spitballing. This is the first time it's ever popped into my head. Um, the Flames have a vacancy behind the bench right now, and it's it's been reported um, recently. Mark Savard has been involved. Yep. Um, we had Gallant involved. And then obviously the internal candidates in Calgary, Ryan Huska, who's currently an assistant coach, previously head coach of the Stockton Heat, um, and Mitch Love, who's a coach of the year, one of the best coaches in the AHL right now with the Calgary Wranglers, uh, is supposed to be in the mix as well. My my wondering is if perhaps one of those two is hired and the other isn't, if Brad tries to try and scoop one of them up to come and be that guy that you just talked about the the yep. you're not my guy right now but you can be um very familiar with with both gentlemen um so maybe keep an eye out on that maybe this will be the uh the, the the turning point here is we we called it first but i <laughs> i i wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> brad's brad's guys are his guys in calgary right now right he's been with the organization for nine years previously uh an agm in in arizona so his guys are are the guys that are here right now in 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 Calgary. So, I don't know. Maybe it just kind of dawned on me that that could be a possibility. That so. could be a very huge possibility. Uh, maybe why the announcement hasn't happened yet. Maybe there's right. already those feelers out there, like, hey, 
maybe come to Toronto with me if I go, you right. know, just hold off on doing anything. Uh, the other thing, the AGM situation here, uh, we all know and hope that Brandon Pernum stays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the capologist wrote to CBA, so he knows lots of the loopholes. But a name that keeps being linked to Bradshaw Living as maybe someone who might have came to Calgary if the means were there is Mike Fuda, a guy that was really well-respected in his time with the LA Kings, yep. uh, was a bubbling AGM that a lot of people thought was going to get a job of his own to run a team of his own, uh, may now be actually getting his fingertips uh, in on the Maple Leafs with Bradshaw Living. Uh, what would you think of that? Have you heard any of that yourself? Or what would your perspective be there? Yeah, honestly, I haven't heard too much about the AGM search. I've been really invested in this um, this coach search in Calgary. It's, yep. uh, it's kind of been consuming my hockey timeline between that and the Stanley Cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fuda is a guy whose name kind of always is out there, right? Uh, in AGM and possible GM roles. Um, just be thankful it's not guys like Peter Shirelli who seem to be finding his way back into GM. Listen, if John Ferguson Jr. can get another job in the NHL as a GM or an AGM, there's nobody really He's in Arizona? I think he's in Arizona. Yeah, I think so. I think it's the Oats. Which is wild. Yeah, Um, they they always rinse and repeat with these weird, like Bergevin too, like just weird hockey guys that somehow can't find their way out of the league, which... Is what it is, I guess. But who would you so like let me to ask see? you this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, who, who do you want to see coach the, the Calgary Flames? Um, well, the coach I wanted to see uh, just got hired in Nashville, and that would have been Andrew mm. Burnett. Um, there's a history with Gallant and uh, Huberto dating back to his time in junior. I think that would be good for Huberto, but the way he mismanaged the youth in New York scares me because I want to see a youth injection in Calgary, and and it's 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 long overdue. Uh, so I honestly, I want it to be Mitch Love, the current Calgary Wranglers head coach. Um, you know, a lot of those guys that are graduating will be graduating to the Flames big club uh, are going to be very familiar with him. Uh, he's going to be very familiar with them, going to be very easy to coach, and it's going to be very easy to win those guys. Uh, it's not very big shoes to fill, or I guess if in this part of neck of the country, it's not very big boots to fill um, from the pre uh, the predecessor in in in, in Sutter. So. Uh, if you can just somehow get the room together, then you're already winning. Um, but between Mitch Love and Ryan Huska, the current uh, assistant coach slash he used to coach Stockton, uh, I'd like to see one of those two. Not too bad of choices. So you've watched Brad for a living. So Leaf fans really need to, I guess, embrace this because he's here now. He's here. This yeah. is where it's going to be. It's, there's no reason in you know just opining it. Just accept it. Move forward. You've watched nine years of Brad for a living. Yep. He's made good signings. People keep bringing up the deals that he's signed. Give us some of your favorite deals he signed and maybe a trade or two that really maybe leave fans, because obviously a lot of them don't pay attention to another market. Mm-hmm. To get us excited, man, because obviously we're coming into free agent period. There's going to be deals signed. There may have to be some decisions made on the core four and trades and stuff like that. We all know the Tuchuk trade. I still think the whole thing of that trade will pan out. There's still lots of time. We're one year into it, man. It's just the optics of this year of Tuchuk being in the Stanley Cup Finals. And everybody's like, see, I told you. Mm -hmm. But if you went into October and you said what team won that trade, you would hands down say Calgary won that that trade. Everybody had the Flames missing the playoffs. 
No, nobody had the Flames collapsing as hard as they did or the decrease in Huberto's game as he makes NHL history for the largest uh, decline year after year in points, which is not something you want to have. But Partially um, Sutter's fault? A lot of, a lot to do with Sutter. Sutter played him on his off wing for half yeah. of the year, mm. um, which really screwed with his game. Put him back there and then threw Lucic up on his on his opposite wing. Played Lucic in the top six for... And 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 I, I preface this every time I talk about Milan Lucic. There was a time and a place for him. Yep. Great guy, cup champion, was a big part of that team in Boston when they won. Like, remember how many power play goals that guy oh, scored from yeah. standing in front of the net and just getting a good that's screen a and tapping something in. Just he's just a big dude. And 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 that's some hard miles on that body. But uh, I always preface with it's not hate towards Lucic, it's hate towards his usage, and that roots back to Daryl. Um yep. But yeah, he, he, that was a lot to do with Sutter. Was uh, I think we see a much different Huberto, even if he gets back to ninety points. I think Flames fans are happy um, with that. There, it makes that ten point five million a much uh, a lot more palatable. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. But yeah, well, there's a lot of time to see where this trade finishes in the ranks of who won and who lost. Oh yeah, no, definitely. So for just give us a couple off yeah. the quick tops, couple signings, couple trades, just. Give Leaf fans yeah, uh, that needed the most. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess because it's it's mostly filled with the negativity, like you said. Yeah. It's 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 hard it's to... wild, man. You you would think that they just hired somebody that sewered seventeen teams, and he's just coming in here to do the same. Like yeah. I don't understand it. The problem it's... is, James. Everyone's looking at all the negatives, like all his bad trades, all the mm-hmm. bad signings. So that, so that's why we need to hear here, like some underrated signings or trades that he made that no Leafs fan is talking about right now if you can oh yeah well i I think recently like i think the blake coleman signing like you're not you you know what you're getting with blake coleman um you're getting a guy who you know plays hard minutes in the middle six is versatile knows how to win uh he's not gonna light up the score sheet and i don't think he ever really ever really has lit up the score sheet like he's always kind of been that serviceable journeyman who you know is going to, you know, he, he comes in with his lunchbox and works hard and, and and does all the little things right. But, you know, you get attached to that cap hit. I think he's making just shy or, or a little bit over $5 million. First of all, five two five, yeah. Yeah, first of all, he's a, he's a, he's a UFA coming to an, a non-traditional, like a not huge market. You got to overpay a little bit. So market value, you're probably getting him under five anywhere not named Calgary and like Arizona, right? Like places where, you know, you want to go play hockey and, and Calgary's a beautiful place. And he just won a Stanley cup too at that time. Exactly. Just won a Stanley cup. Um, So I think, I think that one was, was good as for a trade. It's hard not to look at the Kachuk one. So I'll try not to Um, bear with me. I'm actually going to pull up just so that I can refresh my memory a little bit here. Uh, and look back and see some of the ones that, you know, he did make NHL trade trackers of beauty, by the way, shameless plug to them. Oh yeah. Uh, they have all the, uh, there's no the reason hookups. not to plug them, man. Everybody goes there. Everybody yeah. Goes there. A go- uh, even like the Toffoli trade, like yep. Toffoli had a whale of a season last year was a great pickup at the deadline. Actually it was Valentine's day, just a little bit before. Um, but Tyler Pitlick, who wasn't working Emil Heineman, a prospect who is, you know, is who he is. Have you really even seen what Emil Heineman's up to right now? 
uh, a fifth and a top 10 protected first. Uh, so you pretty much gave up a first round pick and, and a yep. cap dump in Pitlick for Tyler Toffoli, who came in and, and made an impact right away. Uh, loves the city, had a career year last year. Uh, what are we going to do with him now? We don't really know, but that's a good one. Uh, Vladar for a third round pick to Boston. Like yeah. very, very like he, like they, he, that's what I mean when I say tree finds his guys, whether he did, whether or not he gets them in the draft. Cause the flames were big on him in the, at the draft as well. Uh, when Vladar was drafted, but obviously he goes to Boston. He got picked before he keeps tabs on his guys. He, he knows what he wants and he knows who he wants he keeps tabs on them. He still gets his guy. He still gets his guy for a third round pick. He notices that Boston might have a bit of a pickle here uh, with Allmark. They got Swayman and they got Vladar. All right, here's the third. We'll take Vladar off your hands. Um, let's see. What else? Like, uh, ba, 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 I like to David Riddick for a third round pick. Yeah, Riddick was a great, like, that was great. <laughs> and now he's terrible. <laughs> Like David Riddick had a bit of a Cinderella a run with Calgary and they get a, you know, they were able to get a third round pick. And, and, you know, that was a time when I think the Leafs were, were, were struggling between the pipes a little bit there and they needed another goalie um, going into the playoffs. And, you know, it was, was let's, let's ask you this one here. Sure. So obviously he's done work with the Calgary flames and you could see that he's made good deals. Yeah. And if anybody took the time just to look, Mm -hmm. you'd see some of these deals. I got a two parter for you. Let's hear it. Who is Bradshaw Living? You're talking about Bradshaw Living guys. Well, there's some on that roster right now. Who is Bradshaw Living going to try to pry away from Craig Conroy <laughs> and bring over to the Maple Leafs that you would consider an absolute Bradshaw Living guy that would fit a need on the Toronto Maple Leafs? I immediately think of a guy like Dylan Dubé. Um you know, Dylan has, I don't want to say struggled because I don't think that's the correct word to describe his trajectory in the NHL. I think he's 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 taken a little bit of time to figure out what kind of player he is yep. in today's NHL. Um, sure. and, and the same thing happened with Sam Bennett. Luckily with Dylan, it's it's starting to become, uh, you're, he's starting to figure out who he is with the flames opposed to Bennett finding out who he is with the Panthers. Yep. Um, but Sam Bennett is a guy, you know, tree drafted him. Um, I think that he would be, a, a you know, a good middle, middle of a lineup kind of guy in, in Toronto. He, again, a guy like Coleman who works hard, he's good in the room. Um, I mean, I should preface this with, I hope he's not involved with the team Canada, I don't think he is. I think we have a pretty clear understanding of who was, but he was the captain of that team. So yep. until we know, we don't. Um, but assuming he is a good dude and doesn't partake in that kind of stuff, then you'd be getting a guy who, yeah, just a serviceable, works hard in your middle six, um, goes to the dirty areas. He can find the puck um, and a great dude in the community. He does so much work um with 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 groups in the community here in Calgary and um i think that that's that's a true living guy that's a brad true living guy a guy like Giordano, who you guys are 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 seeing yep. now in in toronto is Love a true him. living guy right in calgary did so obviously the captain here for a long time did a lot in the community here um worked hard he was always the hardest working and the most fit guy and i think those are the guys that tree kind of gravitates towards 
those guys who who make an effort. You know, Jordano leaves, and now all of a sudden Dylan Dubé is the guy who's who's uh, winning. Uh, you know, in camp, they do those, uh, like fitness tests. He's winning all the fitness tests. He's the hardest working guy. Um, I think that, I think that he would be like the guy right now in Calgary to, uh, to kind of be maybe pride away. Okay. I, would, I would be sad to see him go. I like, I like Dylan a lot. Well, hopefully we get a little Dubay action over here. <laughs> the other part I want to ask you, we have a lot of UFAs and we have some yep. guys that are about to be, Shall we say spicy with their trade demands and all the things that they have? I want to ask you, yep. what are the odds that Bradshaw Living can convince Austin Matthews and William Nylander to stay? And now I think that Brendan Shanahan, and I said this already a couple times now, would have already made the phone calls to these guys and said, What are your feelings of hiring this guy? Mm-hmm. Where are you at with re signing? I think Austin Matthews, for all the people talking, he won't. I think he signs and stays a four-year deal. I think he likes it in Toronto. But I want to ask you, what if, yeah. can Brad for living get those two guys done? Or is one of them going, in your honest feeling opinion? Uh, I think he's going to do everything in his power for both of these guys to stay. Um, I know I read somewhere today that he's apparently already talked to Matthews' agent. Um, and that he's got a good working relationship with his agent already from previous clients. I don't exactly know on the flames or perhaps maybe it was Arizona who those players are. Um, but that's something that Brad is really, and people are going to throw recency bias at you. Oh, well, he didn't, he wasn't able to do it with Gaudreau. Wasn't able to do it with Chuck. Just take that out of your mind for a second and understand the situation was so different. was so bizarre. It was so different. It wasn't regular negotiations whatsoever. But Brad is good at – he's a contracts guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to keep guys around. And I know people, you're going to tell me, oh, well, Gaudreau walked and Kachuk walked. Again, I'm going to keep rinse and repeating. Different. Just go read up on it, and, and, and it'll, be, yeah. it'll be your best friend. You're going to sound like a genius when you talk to your friends about the Gaudreau and the Kachuk situations if you just read it a little bit. Read it from the Calgary reporters. I promise you it's going to be good information. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he's able to do it. I think he's, I think he's able to do it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are already writing him off and, and we're seeing it online of people who are, you know, you know, Brad's not going to be able to do it. And Brad wasn't my guy. And Leaf fans are all depressed about Brad being here. And I, I think he can do it. I think, I think he can do it. Um, I don't know how else to to put it other than just like give him a chance. Seeing, let him like just let him get a foot in the door. Like I'm gonna tell you right now, he's gonna talk to the media tomorrow, and you guys are gonna love him. You're gonna love him. Like listen to Flames fans. Just go on Twitter and see how many Leaf fans are chirping back at, or sorry, listen to Flame fans are chirping back at back at Leaf fans who are already writing them off. It just goes to show you how well respected this guy is. No GM is perfect. Nope, not one not. single GM is perfect. Brad had some great moments. He had some really not great moments. <laughs> James Neal. But <laughs> for God's sake, give him a chance. He's a great human being. And I, I just really think that if you give him the chance to, to try, he, he wants to win a cup. He's not going to come in here and he's not going to pull a, uh, you know, he's not going to pull a, 
a Hextall in Pittsburgh and and just sabotage from within. Yeah, within. Yeah. Right? He's not going to do that. He's going to come in and he's going to genuinely try to win uh, Leaf fans. It's going to be hard for me to not say Flames fans. Leaf fans <laughs> over. Um, and I, I just urge people to give him a chance. Read up on him. See the stuff he does in the community. How good of a dude he is. Um, I know people look past that because it's a it's a results based business and i get that but just think about the the guy he's a good dude he's 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 gonna be good i think you guys are in good hands uh with with tree at the helm and i know that was a bit of a ramble sesh okay. there but i just gotta get that off ramble. my chest man. Chills. it's yeah <laughs> i yeah. hope so yeah <laughs> it's good to hear those things though from someone who's been in that kind of market and been around the person that is now coming over to our favorite team yep. to run it. The last question I have for you before we let you go tonight, my friend. Sure. The core four is a big topic in Toronto. Would you, in your opinion, blow it up? Blow that up. There's so many people that say blow it up, but there's a lot of people that are close to the game, like the Wayne Gretzky's, the Don Cherry's. I know we don't like him so much because of what he said, but he's known hockey. He's been around hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, even we've had some on this show talk about the fact that maybe you shouldn't blow it up because maybe they are just that close and a couple here and there's, and next thing you know, you're the next story like the Tampa Bay Lightning who kept their core or the Colorado Avalanche or the Detroit Red Wings. Go down the list, the Washington Capitals, Mm -hmm. same thing, rinse and repeat. This could happen here. What would you do? Would you blow it up or keep it? You build around it. You build around it. You, that's 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 the logical thing, right? You're, you 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 don't trade guys like that and get better. Is is kind of the the thought process I have. Now the greedy side of me is telling you to send William Melander home and follow in his father's footsteps. <laughs> come to Calgary. That's 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 what I'm saying. As the as the greedy side of me would would indicate. But logically, those four guys the, 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 you. You got to win with those guys. You're you've committed to 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 uh, Tavares. Yep. You've you 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 know you, you've drafted, developed, and grown with Nylander, with Marner, with Matthews. Yep. Homegrown products, right? Not not geographically, but homegrown yeah, no, in your organization. I mean, homegrown for Marner, I guess you could say. Um, but Probably like. True. Yeah, you 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 want to keep those guys, and you want to win with those guys, and and the fans want you to win with those guys. So, and and that's where I think Brad is going to, um, is going to shine. Is the pieces are there? Like he probably looked at this and said, "This is light work." You're telling me, like, I mean, aside from maybe the contract stuff, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. This is light work. The guys are already here. We just got to build around it. Right, we're not. Far look, off. You know what? Listening to you tonight, it seems like it's those kind of players that build around that he knows how to get the Tofolis, the Coleman, the Tofolis. The I mean, as much as it didn't work in Calgary, it was what it should have. Cali Yarncroke, you know, like he he goes out and he gets those guys that you Yarn build Kroak worked well in Toronto. Exactly, and 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 look who Yarncroke was playing under when he came to Calgary. <laughs> That guy that we there's a cursing. common theme here. Yeah, he's the guy who's who's probably not listening to this out on his Kubota right now, just farming away in 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 Alberta. But um, 
I, I truly think, and it's no knock at Dubas because I think Dubas is great. And I think he's going to shine yep. uh, wherever he goes. And uh, to answer Pete's question earlier, I hope he goes to Pittsburgh because that's where my true allegiance is. Um, if you can see, I can see it. I can the see Penguins it. jerseys hiding. We'll get into that as we wrap up, I'm sure. But um, Brad's Brad's going to be just fine. I don't. You guys aren't getting a Shirelli. You're not getting a Bergevin. You're not getting a Bowman. You're getting a good dude and a guy who knows how to find those pieces, knows how to build around. And I just say, give him a shot. I'm excited. No, I'm to see already what in that boat, man. Guys. So I'm I'm, you're just echoing what I'm saying. Yeah, I want to see what he can do for you guys because my closet Leafs fandom uh, is is real now because of this last playoff yeah. run. So yeah. I want to I want to see and and the the, the storylines like I want to see Geo get a cup. I want to see Brody get a cup. I want to oh, see Yarn Croak. I got a TJ Brody jersey. I'm about the only guy in Ontario with a TJ Brody <laughs> jersey. I love him, man. He's so good. Yeah, and you know, it's it's just there's a lot of a lot of common themes there uh, between these two teams. So I, I want to see you guys do well. And I think Brad's gonna Brad's gonna be the guy that that kind of helps you get there. Yeah. Uh, one last question, though, yeah. Audie. Like, uh, you're an Ontario boy. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to cheer for the Calgary Flames? <laughs> so I am from this place called this lovely place called Guelph, Ontario, which I'm sure you guys of know course. all too well. Yep. Um, I lived there for the better part of my life and being surrounded by so many great Leaf fans and so much influence for Toronto. I decided mm. how can I cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs when everybody else does? So, you know, Five-year-old Adi went up to his dad's computer and booted up NHL 99 as one does. Oh, mic problems again. <laughs> I hit the I hit the cord again. Don't worry, don't worry. It's only twice tonight. That's that's. I know. Tonight. If I can yeah. knock that down, there we go. Now I'm back on my mic. Okay. Um, booted up NHL 99 on his dad's computer as one does, and just was enamored with this guy named Mario Lemieux who was just one of the best players in the game and loved the RoboPen jersey. So five-year-old Lottie said, I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So I see, you know, he cheered for the Penguins, and I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you the story as if it's like some great – it's really nothing great. There is a book to be had about this. Let's go. <laughs> He's it's cheering coming. for the Penguins. They get Crosby. They get Malkin. Let's go. But then Lottie gets a PS2. And he boots up NHL 06. And who's one of the best players in that game? None other than Jerome, Arthur, Lee, Tig, Jr., Elvis, Iginla. And just a beast. Just a beast. And the Blasty jerseys were iconic. And, you know, there's guys like like guys on that team. Rhett Warner, who was a beast in the game. But, you know, we love Rhett in this market. But he wasn't anything special beast in the game so i started playing this calgary i'm like you know what this is a great second team you got to have a canadian team if you're canadian and then the opportunity came uh to to move out to calgary so i said yeah let's do it and uh let's start this media thing while we're at it so that's kind of how the whole thing uh came to be in a very long and and winded way of explaining it (laughs) oh it's amazing man it's your origin story that's it everybody knows it now yeah (laughs) it's out there man it was a pen hey listen you couldn't go wrong with the Pens, Mario, Crosby, Malkin. Great players to want to follow. Yep. And then Jerome Aginla. You can't go wrong that way either. Yep. Then you move to the market. So 
you are allowed to be absorbed by it. I mean, I moved out, so I moved from Ontario to the Eastern Canada to Halifax, yeah. and it is Boston. It is Montreal here. Being a Leaf fan is a sore thumb. Oh yeah, I've never changed my allegiance. <laughs> but there were times where I was tempted, especially from 05 all the way basically to 16, because no one really counts 13. So it's really, really, uh, was really trying time. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I know it all too well. Leafs fans in my family and all my buddies back in Guelph Leaf fans. So I'm, I'm well, well versed in, uh, in Leafland. Well, Audie, I want to thank you very much. This has been a little bit of a long time coming. Yeah, it has. I'm sorry, but I'm glad we did it. It's, it's amazing we finally got her done. Of course. I want to get you on again throughout the summer once the moves and all the shaking finishes up. Yep. Uh, if you're up for that, we'd love hey, to have you back always. on and crap a couple whole ones and have some fun. Let's do it. I'm I'm in. I'm in. All right. Well, Leafs Nation, Flames Nation as well. <laughs> this right here is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. Yeah.